that I thought since I'm um, partly self-funding the LPC I just wanted to give it my all and it might be a reason for me to stand out against other applicants and candidates who are applying for training contracts so I think achieving a distinction on the LPC is um, it's just it was a personal goal for me and I think it's very possible Hello everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sick form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This podcast is brought to you by Feed Ignite. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Student Lawyer Podcast. My name is Stephanie, I'm a second year law student and today on the show I'm joined by Zainab Hassan, trainee solicitor at Apothecary Wisdom World and TSL's very own editor of interviews. During this episode, Zainab shares how she achieved a distinction on the LPC whilst working and shares the types of work experience that could help secure a training contract. Zainab also reveals her top tips for staying ahead at university and keeping motivated and productive. Before the episode begins, I would just like to remind you all to subscribe to the podcast to ensure that you never miss an episode. Welcome Zainab, it's so great to have you on the show. Thank you Stephanie, I'm really happy to be here too. Cool, so um, what was your journey from university to securing a training contract like? So I'd probably start by saying it wasn't the conventional route. And I think when a lot of people think about training contracts, they think I'm going to get a, a vacation scheme in my second year. I'm going to get a you know, training contract after that. And I think it's quite important to speak about the different um, route, routes to a training contract. So I graduated from my undergrad in 2016 from City University. And at that time, I was quite passionate about getting involved in some volunteering. So I applied for Citizens Advise and I volunteered once a week as a gateway gateway assessor, which was fantastic um, experience. I highly recommend that to anyone who can uh, volunteer at Citizens Advise. And alongside this, I worked part time at a law firm. So I did two weeks experience and then they offered me a, a job. And um, I had done work experience before this uh, job, but I actually hadn't had any, uh, you know, it was my first legal job and I was quite happy about it, but it wasn't glamorous at all. I was barely getting paid. um, And at that time, it wasn't really about, you know, getting paid. It was more about the experience that I wanted to to, um, have. And then I partly... Uh, funded the LPC so I studied part-time and I worked full-time and at that time I then started at the Law Society's accreditations department um, and I finished the LPC and obtained a paralegal role in 2019 and I started my training contract in June 2020 this year in lockdown which has been uh, another story <laughs> so yeah it's been it's been like a long journey but I wouldn't change it because every single experience that I've had has you know it's played a huge part of who I am today and what I've reached um in so far wow it's well it sounds like you have a really interesting journey and I think that (laughs) doing um you know doing your uh your role at the citizens advice bureau and at the 
uh, law society as well it really gives you yeah. like a, a really diverse look onto you know the industry so you can use different skills that you've picked up from different places to to and apply them to where you are now I completely agree with you I've learned so much um it's not just you know it's not about legal knowledge at the end of the day it's the skills that you're able to bring to the team and what you're trying what you can you know tell a a potential recruiter what you can do in a role um and not how much you know or what you know um, so in that sense, it gives you a lot of transferable skills. It builds your own confidence, um, your own, um, you know, personal development as well. And that's something I'm very keen about. So, yeah, every experience have, has had a huge part to play. Well, that's fantastic. So how have you found starting a, a training contract whilst working from home? Yeah, it's, it's been quite challenging. Um, it's been different. definitely different from what you uh, picture a training contract to be like so when I initially was offered a training contract I had not known I was going to be in lockdown I was going to use Zoom and Microsoft Teams um, to speak to my colleagues and be trained you know all virtually but it's been interesting and I think it's definitely showed me the importance of adapting to uh, the current situation that you're in and to let go of things that you're not in control of so I think as lawyers we tend to want to control a lot of aspects of our lives we want to plan everything be organized and um, lockdown and, and virtual you know this new virtual world has taught me so much to just adapt and let go of some things so it's been interesting in that sense but it's also been um it's been really good because the firm at pww um i have weekly catch-ups with my direct supervisors and that's something i appreciate a lot so they give me feedback i you know voice anything that i anything any concerns that i might have and it's just it's been you know that's been a really useful part of my development and my training and I also have monthly catch-ups with my training supervisor so you know when you realize something that works for you so if you recognize a a particular something that will work for you then put it in the diary and just you know tell your supervisor tell a colleague that this is what I want Um, you know I want this to be set every week or every month and people will make time for you it's not about you know not having time and I think now we we have more time than ever (laughs) um so that's been good and obviously with uh everyone being at home and you you still as a business as a law firm you still want to ensure that your services are are being reached by all of your potential clients and I've been involved in a lot of business development from the start of my training contracts and that's been extremely interesting and I've really really enjoyed that part as well so I think the opportunities have probably increased as opposed to as opposed to decreased while starting from home. So I don't think there's anything to complain about in that sense. Uh, it really sounds like you've had to really like come out of a, a trainee comfort zone, if you like, and really make it work for you. It, it sounds yeah. like you are, are, are really doing very well. <laughs> um, I suppose that working from home and not having constant um, conversations with your supervisor could potentially make you, well, it throws you in at the deep end a little bit, doesn't yeah. it? So um, it sounds like you've really come out swimming swimming I don't know what the right word to use is but um doing really well so um so whilst I was doing some like interview prep for this um 
interview. I yes. was looking at your website, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, there are some really great articles on there, which I would advise our listeners to um, go over and take a look at. But one that I really enjoyed re- reading was the top tips for LLB students. Would you mind just explaining what the top tips for uh, LLB students are uh, to do well in their course? Yeah, sure. So I think just the first thing I would say about your law degree is enjoy it. Because I think when when you graduate, you kind of you start to miss studying or just being um, around your uh, friends and studying. Probably if you're during, you know, during your degree, you'll be like, you'll think this is the most stressful thing ever. But when you graduate and, you know, do the LPC or try to obtain your first job, that is much more challenging than a, a law degree or a degree. So I think first enjoy the process and enjoy your um, your studying time. But in terms of actually doing well, I think when as a student, we tend to get scared by, you know, a lot of content or if, if you're your like notes or your lecture handout for example it says like you you need to read about five different books and you're just really overwhelmed by that so I think firstly just ask yourself what is necessary and what isn't so you know set set the good foundations of your knowledge for each module and know that really well Um, but then go outside of that and see what you need to expand on if there's anything in particular that you don't understand you take the initiative to first understand that and then if not go and ask your tutor some uh, questions you know I'm sure they've got office hours so make use of that Um, but in addition to that is uh, you need to obviously try to contribute during class so that's extremely important to test your own knowledge because as an undergraduate you're in a class of if a specific, you know, webinar or tutorial, you you are, uh, sorry, seminar or seminar or or tutorial, you're probably in a class of twenty students. But as a whole cohort, you're probably two hundred, three hundred, if not more students. So, um, you really need to take your own initiative in terms of understanding. So, participate and contribute during class. Test your own knowledge and see if if it's making sense. If not, um, identify your weak spots and what you can improve on. Um, also practice makes perfect with anything so you know that at the end of the year you're going to have either coursework or exams and your seminar questions are always going to be based uh, on your potential exam paper so try to practice as much as possible um, and try to do it you know either in timed conditions or if you're going to type it out next time do it by hand or, or obviously right now potentially with online learning maybe it's all going to be typed out so Um, see if you're comfortable with that what can you um, change that will make your experience even more comfortable I think trying to understand what what you what is required from you in an exam uh, question so as an undergraduate you probably have a mixture of both scenario questions and essay-based questions so identify what what your strengths are and where your weaknesses are and uh, practice both because you don't want to risk uh, just practicing what you're good at and then end up not having that question if you have um, if you if you've got the option to choose your questions in your exam Um, and stay organized obviously it's uh, definitely important in any aspect of life but very important when you're studying about four core modules in one year there's just so much content there's so much to cover in in that you know 
10, 11 month core, um, year. So definitely stay organized with your folders and your notes. I just had like, for example, I had different stages. So I would go through reading my, uh, reading my textbooks to understand and then making notes for my own understanding, preparing for class so that I can participate, be ready to answer questions. And then following class, I would review what notes I've made um, and create this you know, one one document for this topic and it essentially it's ready for until I need to revise at the end of the year for my exams. And just on top of that, I think something that I would probably change whilst I was an undergrad would be um, to just think about your future a little bit more. So I don't think there was enough emphasis when I was a student to really think about where this law degree is taking me. And it's not necessarily that you want to practice law. So if you want to be a lawyer, that's fantastic. And, you know, go out there and really take steps towards your future. But if you don't want to be a lawyer, and that's absolutely fine, because there's just so much you can do with a law degree, then find out what opportunities there are for you and um, try to take a positive step towards that career. That's great, Zainab. Thank you so much for that. So how did you handle working full time whilst completing the LPC? Yeah, this was quite tough. Um, So I studied the LPC part time and that was the first time I was studying and working at the same time. Um, Obviously, I did it because I, you know, I didn't have a training contract and it just worked really well because I was able to get experience on the side and study and it just it was very convenient for me um I studied the LPC on Wednesdays and I worked full time um across the four other days and that was intense to say the least because the course is intense itself but then working slightly longer hours um than your colleagues and just seeing everybody say goodbye to you and you're still stuck in the office was quite it's quite challenging um but I think managing it and trying to handle both work and and study is the organization will 100% be key so you really need to be organized in terms of understanding okay when you're at work on these days my my focus is going to be my work I want to do well and excel in my job no matter what your job is really you I think giving 100% to everything that you do in life allows you to be more comfortable in all aspects And then when you're studying, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. So I had to sacrifice my weekends. I had to sacrifice my evenings studying for the LPC, preparing for my classes. And when I made that commitment, when I chose to study part time and work full time, I I understood what what I was going to have to do to, you know, achieve good results and achieve what I wanted to do, which is completing the LPC. And I think you just need to get um, like get your mind clear and set um, in terms of that idea that this is what I want to achieve and it's just temporary let me you know be organized for these next two years and then everything else can can wait and happen later on um, time management is definitely key so for the LPC we're highly recommended that we spend five or six hours to prepare for one single class and that is a lot of time because there's a lot of reading um, there's a lot of time that you need to just spend understanding the what you're reading and what you're going to answer in class but also I think the LPC is very independent Um, there's not going to be a tutor who's going to lecture you for an hour and then give you some more notes during your tutorial and then you just have it ready for your exam it's very independent you need to take your own initiative to um, make sure you understand the content 
practice as much as possible and then um, answer in your class. So uh, organization is key, time management, preparing for your class. And then uh, something that I just touched upon right now is just reminding myself that it was temporary. And, um, you know, it's for me to achieve a bigger goal, which is to qualify as a solicitor. So it's all, it comes down to mindset, I think. Um, And just, yeah, reminding yourself that you're doing this for the bigger picture, bigger goal that I have. This is just going to be temporary um, two years on, you know, obviously it's less than two years. I had my summer off, which was fantastic. And, you know, I had reading week and I had um, Easter off. So you have your mini breaks, but those were probably spent studying. And I, I had to do that to achieve what I wanted to achieve, which is, you know, doing well on the LPC. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I yeah. I work full time and I, I do the LLB in the evenings. And oh, wow. um yeah, it, it's prioritizing and making sure you're organized because which, you know, itself can take a fair bit of time to making sure you your calendar is up to date and you're not going yeah. to miss any, you know, lectures or seminars and stuff like that. But as you were saying, it's just really important to look at the end goal. So yeah. sacrificing weekends, um, you know, you, it's it's a trade off and mm. It, it's definitely well for me anyway definitely worth it as well um yeah but yeah prioritizing and, and organization just as as you were saying is a, is a fantastic tip yeah so what is your advice for achieving a distinction on the LPC because <laughs> so, you say you fantastically did <laughs> thank you Stephanie um yeah so I've I've actually shared a whole uh, blog post on this because I think it's it's not the idea that you need to achieve a distinction, but it's just because I wanted to achieve a distinction. I achieved a, a two one on my undergraduate degree, and I was so close to achieving a first that I thought, since I'm um, partly self funding the LPC, I just wanted to give it my all, and it might be a reason for me to stand out against um, other applicants and candidates who are applying for training contracts. So I think achieving a distinction on the LPC is um, it's just it was a personal goal for me. And I think it's very possible. You just need to um, put into place a few things. So I think focus is key. You need to focus on, um, you know, what you're actually learning. The LPC is very different to an undergraduate degree in the sense that it's trying to teach you the practical steps. So what am I going to do as a trainee solicitor? How am I going to speak to clients? How am I going to draft emails? Um, The core modules such as business law and real estate and dispute resolution, they teach you what you're going to do for your client if a client wants a company if they how many directors they want if they want to buy or sell a property how are you going to complete on that um, transaction and those are the practical things that we learn on the LPC so focus on on understanding that practicality and procedure in that sense it's slightly it's not exciting content Um, it's very much it's like step by step and one thing that I go on about so much is uh, creating checklists so I studied the LPC at University of Law and we they they used um, open exam books and a mixture of open book and closed book the majority 80% of a module will be open book and that that's a, a 
really huge advantage for you to be 100% prepared, have great notes that make sense to you, and then you can use those notes in your exam. And it's, in, in a sense, I've prepared for all of those, you know, I've prepared all those notes and for this exam. So why not um, have use make use of that advantage? So I would create a really good checklist that helps me go through um, an exam question and I'm able to just follow that procedure during an exam and really all of my tutors were used to always go on about uh, checklists and I highly recommend them to anyone who wants to do well in the LPC um, but staying organized is 100% another key theme because there's just so much content and it happens quite quickly on the LPC and I, I don't know if I guess it happens quite quickly on, on the undergrad um, but on the LPC it just seems to zoom <laughs> um, so everything's just happening quite quickly it's quite an intense course so you really want to stay organized have your different folders for different uh, modules you know tab everything uh, and make sure you actually understand what you're writing because as I said it's practical so you want to be able to answer your client's a question in an exam question um, as opposed to just memorizing something and writing it without actually understanding it and I think that differentiates it from uh, the LLB. Uh, one other thing that's quite different to the undergrad is on the LPC you can't really cut um, you can't really uh, miss any topics because you don't have a choice of questions. So for me, on my undergrad, I had choice of questions. On the LPC, you you have, you know, an exam question that's, you have like a whole exam paper that's worth 100% and you need to answer everything. Otherwise you just lose on, on those marks. So definitely cover all topics. Um, and as always, practice makes perfect. So practice as much as you can I try to do this as much as possible the specimen paper that the university provides is really great starting point but also just going over your workshop tasks because the essentially your exam paper is going to be based on that and just reminding yourself that it, it is possible if you want to achieve a distinction and re really do well in the LPC or in anything in any aspect of life it is possible because other people have done it and you are more than capable um so tell yourself it's possible and hopefully it will happen that's great advice thanks Zainab mm -hmm. um so you're obviously so determined to get where you want to go in life how are you able to stay so productive and motivated <laughs> thanks Stephanie but at the moment so I think this has definitely been, you know, some days it's been a struggle because uh, working from home and being in lockdown is just something completely new to to myself and to everyone. So I think I try to remind myself of my goals and, um, you know, really envision where I'm going and what I want to achieve. Uh, one thing that I did with um, like my during my studies and even post studies is writing my goals down and just putting them right in front of me putting them on a post-it reminding myself you know every other day or every day what my goals are what I want to achieve by the end of the month or the year and you know I, I think there's a theory that you know the, the more you write these goals down the more possible that you will achieve them it just becomes more engraved in you and you start working towards this goal um, but also something that I found quite useful, uh, especially right now, is um, 
a form of accountability. So sometimes when I'm lacking motivation and productivity, I know that if I uh, am able to account to you know, every hour, what, I'm, what was I doing? Uh, what did I want to achieve and what did I achieve? How much is missing from that? Um, then I'm able to push myself and say, okay, I didn't do well you know, this day, but today's going to be, you know, it's a new day. I want to achieve this and I need to achieve it by the end of the day. And being accountable for your own goals and what you want to achieve is quite um, really helpful. And just staying refreshed, um, especially during right now, you know, lockdown again, I think it's quite important to take care of your mental well-being um, as well as your phys physical and something that I that's helped me is uh, meditation so I started meditating during lockdown and it's just helped me uh, be a little bit more focused and take that you know if it's five ten minutes take that uh, you know start of the day to just pause and think about what I want to achieve and uh, breathe in and breathe out because sometimes we just forget to do the really simple things uh, to get us through the day. Yeah no I, I do like to do a couple of those things as well mm -hmm. um I used to struggle sleeping at night and my brain just wouldn't turn off. Yes. Um, but the funniest thing, I used to be in a yoga class and lie down at the end of it and like be asleep really, really quickly. So <laughs> I um, I started like lying in bed and just pretending that I had just finished a yoga class and put oh. on um, like meditation music and just led there not trying to get to sleep. So um I do highly recommend reading if you are um, feeling anxious or just a lot yeah. of going on and you want to like take some time for yourself. Yeah. Um, but that's great, Zainab. What, um, so you were saying that you were a paralegal before you secured your training contracts. Can mm. you explain what some of your responsibilities as a paralegal were? Yeah, sure. So um, I think when you're, when I when I was a paralegal I probably couldn't differentiate my tasks from a trainee but then when I started my training contract the first thing one of the first things that my supervisor told me was Zainab you're no longer a paralegal you're a trainee now and you you know your the standards are going to be much different and you need to really step up to the trainee life and that probably scared me a little bit but I completely understand what she was saying that uh, from that um, right now so um, I was a charity property paralegal, so I used to work on the sale or uh, purchase um, of uh, properties on behalf of charity clients. And those can be, you know, companies or char charitable organisations across the country. Um, and that was, it's very um, similar to residential or commercial transactions, but there was a lot of charity law trusts law involved so I had to familiarize myself with a lot of that so I had um I was you know liaising with with clients directly which I really enjoy I enjoy that aspect of uh, client contact from you know all the experience that I've had um I was drafting documents so a lot of uh, land registry documents were involved and I used to draft those and send them over um understanding land registry restrictions so that's probably something I used to like push back in my landlord days because it was just probably confusing and I didn't want to pay attention to that but now you know a lot of my work revolves around that and understanding entries on on titles on property titles and liaising with uh, the land registry on removing these or changing them based on our client 
who is a charity and by law it's a must to put a restriction on on the title um but I was also involved in a lot of business development so when I first joined the firm I was quite passionate passionate about um uh, social media and just um business development and I think that really was visible to my team so they were really happy that I was able to um you know help them out in in these aspects so I'm quite um busy on like LinkedIn and online social media for the firm obviously but I also helped with um organizing events and representing the firm at our local events which I really enjoyed so that's been a key theme as a paralegal and as a trainee um yeah so those those were some of my responsibilities that sounds so interesting um so we may have touched on this a little bit earlier but if not yeah. paralegal work what what sort of other work experience could benefit future trainees I think any work experience to be honest um whether it's non-legal or legal I think an ex an experience is an experience until you make out of it what you want what you want and how you communicate that with uh, somebody else so if you really enjoy a non-legal um role but you're able to extract different skills uh, transferable skills that will help you in the future um or uh, you're you're able to work as part of a team you're working on a, a very innovative process all of that is just it's such great experience that will benefit you as a future trainee and it doesn't necessarily have to be legal I think because it's so difficult to get legal experience it's quite important to recognize that any experience will be really good as long as um, you're able to uh, extract um this you know in a quite useful way to a potential recruiter um i think i've seen a lot of virtual opportunities um on the rise recently so there's a lot of virtual work experience a lot of it is free i would highly recommend that um there's a lot of opportunities to get into legal writing so many um organizations are you know they advertise for online writing whether it's off a blog or a website um you know the student lawyer needs writers so if you're interested definitely um apply to us um anything that really shows you know you work in team quite well you've got good communication something that you're passionate about and you can actually just uh, very um naturally speak about to somebody else would be really great and then as part of an organization you you show you've got like a good business mindset you understand what a business is trying to achieve and what role you play in so you no role is a small small role you can't just think oh I don't have I don't actually make a difference you definitely do make a difference and that's why they they've hired you um an example of this of this is um you know I was at the law society and I was first I started as an administrator and if you think about that it's not ne- it wasn't necessarily legal but I made I made out of it what I wanted to achieve I wanted to develop I wanted to um, you know work towards my my targets as a team I worked well as part of a team I attended board meetings I used it as a networking opportunity um, I had you know independence to work well on my own fine file management all of those were 
things that I can speak about during an interview, but it wasn't necessarily a legal role just because it was at the Law Society. So I think it's the way you portray it and not what the actual role is um, and anything would be of benefit for you. That's great. Yeah, definitely. I really do agree with you. It's not It's not the the job role. It's what yeah. you, you can take from it, which I think is really important. I think you summed it up really well. <laughs> so do you have any advice for anybody thinking about starting their own legal blog? Yeah, I think... Um, I think we've definitely seen this um, increase recently and it's it's been like such a nice and friendly um, community online, uh, which I'm, you know, happy to be a part of. And I think my first tip would probably be to just start. I think um, we sometimes fear starting, making a start. So I think just start if you if you really want to and you've been thinking about it for a while, um, make a start whether it's a website or Instagram or LinkedIn wherever it is and slowly you'll build up your presence your brand um, things will change you you know I've definitely changed my page from when I started last year but you learn as you go on and it's probably something that will motivate you um, to keep you going whether you want to be you know a solicitor or barrister um, or whatever legal career that you're going to choose and I think finding your passion or your your why is really important and working towards that so if you're passionate about a, a specific area then you know focus on that that's going to be that's going to um, set you aside and and make you stand out from everybody else so um, identifying your USP what makes you stand out from the other hundred or you know thousands of other people who are online um, to make people want to read what you put out there recently I was watching MasterChef and the celebrity MasterChef and uh, BBC presenter Louise Minchin was uh, on on the show and she's she's she presents to millions of people on the morning show and she said I, I don't think about the millions that I'm going to present in front of. I just think about that one person who's going to be watching and that's all I focus on. And I think we can just use that same analogy in terms of thinking or just imagining one person who's going to find your blog post really useful. Focus on that one person, what they want, what they want to get out of reading it and how useful it's going to be. And then hopefully it's going to reach, you know, 10 and 100 other people who are going to find it useful. Um, so it's not just it's not about growing from zero followers to a thousand within a couple of months um, if your content isn't that great. Um, but because there's so many people, I would highly advise you to be yourself and be authentic with what you're going to put out there. So if you're not, you know, if you if, if it's not natural uh, to you, then don't portray it as uh, just because somebody else is doing it um you know many other people will be posting the same things and just because they're doing it doesn't mean you necessarily have to do it but also enjoy the process it's meant to be quite a fun thing and I think sometimes competition or um I don't know uh, like seeing other people and what they're getting up to comes in in the way so enjoy the aspect and don't let it uh, demotivate you or use it in a negative way 
Yeah, I really do agree with you. It's such a fantastic creative outlet um, mm. that even if, you know, it, you know, it's great to share information and to help um, other people in similar situations because we all need help. It's such a really competitive industry. But yeah. it's also, as I said, just an outlet to kind of like distress or just to get feelings off of your um, yeah. chest it's a bit like, as you were saying earlier, writing your goals down, getting it out of your body just to make yeah. it a little bit more real. Yeah, 100%. So do you have any um, last words of advice for student lawyers? Yeah, um, so I've, I've, I'm conscious that I've like been talking for so much. <laughs> um, but I think Not at all, you've got such fantastic advice. I could oh. definitely carry on talking to you for a lot longer. <laughs> well, thank you, Stephanie extremely kind um I think most importantly especially with you know we're going into lockdown again in the UK so staying healthy and focused is really important you know take care of your mind and your body equally and focus on on your you know career so it's November it's very much the start of the academic year start of the application so if you are on, on that journey you you're on the process of um, making applications focus on your journey and what you want to achieve by the end of um, this year 2020 by the end of uh, next year um, be inspired by others so we've got a lot of inspirational people out there who you know some of them been on this podcast it's been amazing to hear from them many other podcasts other blogs online who are extremely inspirational and I you know take inspiration from them as well and I'm on my own journey of learning so that's really helpful um but also there's a lot of help out there and there's a lot of help around you so if you're on an undergraduate and you need help find yourself a, a mentor who will be willing to help you if you feel like you're from a disadvantaged background find an organization that will help you because there are a lot out there if you feel like you lack um, work experience then find work experience that will help you in your applications and if you're you know working towards your goal try to set aside some time every day that you will just be working towards your goal whether that's applications or finding a job currently or um, doing well in your exams or just taking a break if you just graduated and you feel like you need to take a breather um, but most of all enjoy your own journey make it yours um, it is your your own journey at the end of the day you don't ever want to look back and feel like you've regretted uh, something um so yeah enjoy enjoy the journey whilst it lasts that's great I love it thank you Zainab uh, well thank you so much for being a guest on the Student Lawyers podcast it's been so much fun having you here thank you so much um, Stephanie I'm going to put a link in the show notes to your own blog and um, also direct people to Zainab's articles on the interview page of the student lawyer they are really fantastic um, they have really really fantastic interviewees on the interviews team on the student lawyer and it's definitely worth checking out yeah um, so thanks again Zainab see you soon thank you Stephanie see you thanks To hear more of the Student Lawyers podcast, hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. 
We'd like to thank Felix Knight for producing this podcast today. <laughs>